0: Hello everyone, Eugene Weaver here from The Movie Freaks, and uh, in my segment I'm going to be discussing some recently watched movies, and this is actually going to be kind of my Cinema's Soft Underbelly for the week, and generally for my Soft Underbelly show, I do. I had been doing every day when I started, and that was just crazy, and then from there, I went to uh, every week, and now I'm at about every other week, unless there's something really important that I absolutely have to talk about, then I'll do a a once-a-week episode, or every week, I'll do an episode of Soft Underbelly, but for now, this is going to be my weekly uh, Soft Underbelly installment for Movie Freaks, so there's a good chance that I'm going to also put this on to uh, my own show, We Shall See, I'm not sure yet, uh, so anyway, so recently watched, um, we stopped last week on, uh, on Movie Freaks with, uh, I know that I had discussed a little bit, um, Indiana Jones, some of the Hannibal TV show, uh, and, um, obviously we're not going to be doing the roulette this week because of the format change up for the week, just because it, it, the timing of this show, it has to be perfect. And sometimes, unfortunately it is not, uh, because I, at least for one, sometimes work late into the evening and, uh, I've got kids. Eric, same thing. Jess, same thing with working late. So this week, this is what we're doing, and I think it's going to be really fun to kind of have our own little segments on Movie Freaks. So uh, I want to expound on just a little bit more uh, my thoughts on uh, Hannibal, the entire complete series. So I, I finally finished, uh, season three. And by finally, I mean, I burned through this through all three seasons in about three weeks. I averaged about a season, uh, a week. And here's the thing. I, uh, I know that that's overkill and that, that pretty much, uh, if you, at least for me, if I watch that much television, I get burned out. I'm a movie guy. I love movies. Uh, TV is extreme distant second place for me. Uh, when it's done right, uh, I can totally get into it. Game of Thrones is a great example of getting it right. Ash versus evil dead is another great example. But when I start to feel a ripoff or cash grab or, um, something that gets a bit too pretentious, I lose interest very fast, uh, Lost is a great example of a cash grab. They didn't know where they were going with it, and it ended silly, completely ridiculous. Unfortunately, so does Hannibal, the TV show. What started out as a really good show, and this this is different personalities. I can see where some people might enjoy this show. Uh, Brian Fuller created it, and I believe that Brian Fuller is going to also be doing the new Star Trek series. Great, that's awesome. But... If anybody's wondering why this got canceled and, oh, it got canceled because uh, the network kept on uh, switching the times around and dates and blah, blah, blah. No, this thing got canceled because it turned into artsy, pretentious, hipster nonsense. Season three, uh, for me, uh, I gave it one and a half out of five stars. That's how much I disliked season three. In fact, I disliked season three so much that I dropped... Uh, season two down a half of a point. So season one I thought was solid TV entertainment. There was more of a movie or a a TV of the week. Like every week basically there would be a new crime that they had to solve. And I I get it. There is a progression with our character. There's a progression with Hannibal Lecter who is played by Mads Mikkelsen. He does a really good job by the way. Um, Hugh Dancy is Will Graham. And uh, Dr. Alana Bloom is played by Caroline davernus i think i don't know whatever i, I don't care about the show really jack crawford lawrence fishburne um, and then we've got other uh, character verger is in the care is in the show in season three uh, we've got the red dragon also known as tooth fairy from the movie the red dragon and manhunter um, so here's how i rate the show season one gets a four star out of five i i loved the setup Thought it was really cool. I thought it was great how graphic and grisly the show got. Uh, on every episode, it was it was horrific. Uh, all the while, Hannibal is very secretly and slyly playing everybody off of each other. It's great. Um, not perfect, but but great. Really really good. Season two is a little bit more of the same. They up the ante with uh, a bit more unrealistic stuff, as well as getting a little bit more artsy with their slow motion stuff in season two by the end of season two i'm like okay i'm getting real fast done with this show but there's only three seasons let's soldier on and and do season three and right from the get-go first episode of season three i'm like oh artsy pretentious full of itself slow motion shots people talking in A dialogue that is foreign to me. No one talks like this in real life at this point. Uh, And they they dabbled with this a little bit in season one, then a little bit more in season two. In season three, it's full-on Shakespearean nonsense, where everybody just utters lines that you would never, ever say. Like, everybody, all the time. Uh, They, essentially, they rip off uh, Ridley Scott's Hannibal and Brett Ratner's Red Dragon, Somehow they take both of those movies, squish them into season three, add a whole heaping dose of hipster, slow the camera down at every instance that they can, and make it as unrealistic as humanly possible, and uh, out shits Mm. Animal season three. I didn't like uh, really anything about this season other than some of the effects are, of course, admittedly very good, uh, but not near as much as what we've seen in seasons 1 and 2, they just go full-on uh, artsy in this. And I'm just not a fan of pretentious and artsy, and that's what this is. Uh, here's a good version of what I consider to be artsy and a bit pretentious, but in a good way. Uh, and I don't want to say it's not even pretentious because it's such a good movie. It's not pretentious, but It Follows is a good, um, is a good one for me to, to describe as something that I consider to have a lot of artistic merit, the way it's shot. Uh, the, the character beats in it are very uh, m- not as mainstream horror. Uh, this, on the other hand, is full on. Uh, you know, I haven't read the Thomas Harris books, so take that uh, as it is. Uh, maybe the books are very much written in this style, in this format, but for me, I will take Hannibal's Sounds of the Lambs, and uh red dragon as well as manhunter and you know what honestly at this point even hannibal rising the the prequel over this uh i'll never watch it again and uh i'm disappointed that i wasted that much time on this show uh, one i'm not a big tv show guy to begin with and uh two just to see the, degra- uh, the just the degradation of this show from Really good season one, good season two, and not good season three. And I feel like I kind of flushed a lot of hours away. So my TV watching is done for a while. We'll just say um, Eugene's going to hold off until Game of Thrones season, what whatever they're on, five, six. I'll get into TV again at that point. Otherwise, the occasional Twilight Zone episode, um, yeah, that's about it. I don't have any interest in... And uh, this stuff. So, uh, anyway, if you are at all interested in this, great. Give it a watch. The first two seasons are on Amazon Prime if you're interested. Uh, season 3. I have all three on Blu-ray. Uh, stupid me. I bought all three of them for three bucks. Good price, but not for something I'll never, I'll never watch again. Uh, but I would be curious to know what other people think of, especially season 3, because it is a mashup of Ridley Scott's Hannibal uh, coupled with Red Dragon and smooshed together, and, and none of it near as good as the movies, and that's saying a lot, because I'm praising Brett Ratner's Red Dragon, uh, and elevating it significantly from what this show is, uh, also, um, what's her name, uh, Scully from uh, from the X-Files, um, I, I'm drawing a complete blank with uh, with her name, it's, it's, Jillian Anderson, there you go. She, uh, along with the Alana Bloom character played by that Caroline uh, Davernus, uh if you pronounce it that way, uh, neither of them seem to have a good reason to be in the show at all, uh, especially Jillian Anderson. I didn't get her character. I thought it was stupid. Um, and uh, the, it almost feels like she's embarrassed saying the things that she does because it's so ridiculous and nonsensical. So anyway, uh, as a whole, if I would lump all three together, I would give this show uh, because season three is so bad. I would, I mean, two and a half, maybe, maybe three stars, but that's pushing it, uh, right in that line of two and a half to three because of the really, really good season one And the watchable season 2. Anyway. I've spent too much time on that. because Just thinking about that show. uh, Upsets me. Because I wasted so much time on it. Okay. Moving on. Um, So I talked already about. Son of the Lambs. And Hannibal the movie. On the last movie freaks. Uh, So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. Um, I can't talk about my roulette pick. Because we're not all on there. uh, For this episode. So we're just going to. We're just going to have that on the next episode that we are all on together. So now it's time to talk a little bit about Deadpool. Yes, I did see Deadpool. And yes, it is as good as the reviews say. Uh, There's a reason why this movie made boatloads of money. And it's not just the fact that the movie is as good as it is. And it is great. Uh, Here's why the movie is... One of the reasons why the movie is doing so well is because the promotional pieces the, uh, advertisements, everything leading up to this movie made it to be exactly what it turned out to be. It was irreverent. It was hysterically funny. Um, and they pushed the R-rated limit excessively. The whole movie, um, I don't want to say excessively, but it's very graphic violence, very graphic language, very graphic sex and nudity, especially the nudity, um... Everything about the movie says we are an R-rated movie and we are fully embracing it, kind of like Dread did uh, with Carl Urban, which I love that movie. That one there has a very serious dark tone. This uh, is extremely dark comedy uh, with, uh, with, yeah, all sorts of gory, violent shenanigans and, uh, uh, and it's great. I thought it was fantastic. This was the movie that Ryan Reynolds was meant to play. He needed to be in this movie. He is Deadpool. Um, obviously, there's a whole history with this character and with what they did with it with, uh, in Wolverine uh, Origins or what, that first Wolverine movie. And I'm not a huge comic book follower, so to me, when I saw that movie the first time, I'm like, okay, uh yeah, I guess, whatever, it, not a big deal to me. Well, I didn't know that they completely botched that character in that movie. Here, from what I'm told, it, this is very, very true to the comic book. In fact, even more so on some, in some instances uh, with the bone-breaking violence and just how raunchy the movie really is. I will say this, my co-host Derek Marner is not a big fan of T.J. Miller, um, and for what it's worth... I'm not really either. However, in this movie, this is what a good writer and a good director can do. Bring out the best in an actor that you don't always care for. And he did that, uh, he did that to me uh, in this movie with T.J. Miller. I thought that T.J. Miller was quite funny. And his brief appearances here and there were well-timed and served the plot quite well. Especially forwarding it on and being, you know, being uh, Wade, who is Deadpool... Wade's buddy, the confidant that he goes to in this bar. So for that, I give uh, I give director Tim Miller credit that he was able to get a good performance, a funny performance out of T.J. Miller. Uh, same with pretty much everybody, honestly. Uh, a couple minor quibbles about the movie, but uh, really not much. Um, Ajax, played by Ed uh, Skrine, I I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, I thought that he was really good. And, and you know what? That is... Is that wrong? Um, I could be... No, okay. that That's right. I'm right on that. Okay, so... Um, I thought that he did really good as the main villain in this movie. Uh, I, I will say, though, that his character was a little bit underdeveloped, or at least the... For me, the the, the plot... Of why they make him Deadpool. It's in there. But it just felt like they could have. Delved a little bit more into. What the villains were really all about. And. uh, Instead of just being. Bad guys. That Deadpool's going to kill. And. and That's a minor quibble. And that might just be me. There's flash forwards. And flashbacks. And fourth wall breaking. And. 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 A romance that genuinely works uh, even though it's like I said it's just it's raunchy and it's but it's funny and it's actually heartbreaking and touching so I like the fact that this movie is able to bring so many different things to the table and that's yet another reason why it did so well we're talking 150 million dollars uh, for an R-rated movie in four days and that is just unheard of now speaking of that R rating lots of sold-out shows obviously we were in a very big theater for our Friday night showing, and it was yeah it was probably sold out I would imagine we got our tickets ahead of time. Uh, the amount of kids in this movie with their parents was staggering, and I'm not sure what the mindset is of a parent. Uh, if you are a listener and you are a parent taking your seven or eight year old daughter or son to a movie like this, I really um, you might want to hop on IMDb. I'm not trying to judge, but it just seems like not just the movie itself, but the trailers playing in front of it aren't really the best thing to be showing a really young kid. That's just me, you know, uh, take it for what it is. But there was two very young girls sitting in front of us with their mom and dad. And uh, at one point, the dad leaves. And so there's like a seat in between the mom and the two girls. And uh, there they are watching sex and violence and swearing. And I'm like, really, the one girl was playing on her phone the entire time because she didn't like it. I- guessing, uh, but we're talking young kids. So anyway, for what it's worth, if you are thinking about taking your kids to see Deadpool, really do some research because it is a rough movie. It, it truly is. Uh, it's fun, but it would be a lot more for, well, it's rated R for a reason. So, you know, because of that, maybe reconsider and uh, uh, late teens would be the, the place to start. Anyway, uh, I would imagine that because of the success of Deadpool, we are going to be seeing more Deadpool. And we will hopefully be seeing more R-rated superhero movies. And just more R-rated movies in general. I, I'm so happy that this was a success. Uh, while Dread, I think, needed to be way more of a success than it, than it was because I really liked Dread. We finally have a superhero movie that is a hard R, that is doing huge numbers at the box office. People love the character. We're going to see more of Deadpool. We're going to see more... I, I cannot imagine we're not going to see more R-rated stuff. In fact, I really wish that that uh, Suicide Squad would have embraced what looks to be an R-rated subject matter and just fully embraced that. Uh, however, regardless, I think that movie looks so good. I can't wait for Suicide Squad. In fact, I would say that Suicide Squad is probably my second most anticipated superhero movie coming out. I know that Captain America is going to be really good and... Uh, Batman vs. Superman is going to be really, really good. Uh, Doctor Strange. There's so many superhero movies. I will say that uh, almost too many, uh, if that is possible. I think that it is almost getting to be oversaturated by 2016 standards. Uh, this seems to be a bit much. Um, just, it seems like every month there's a new one coming out. And I my fear is that a colossal bomb is going to happen and it is going to happen eventually one of these movies is going to be a huge budget and it's going to be a colossal bomb and then all the studios are going to whoa okay pull back hold on hold on uh and because I love these superhero movies but maybe a little bit more spaced out might be good but I guess hey what makes money is what sells you know what what they make so we're going to see more of this type of thing but Deadpool is great and I'm not going to go over the the storyline it's it's a good guy kind of good guy uh sort of, (laughs) dressed up as a superhero. He is a superhero with superpowers. Very, very similar to Wolverine. And he kills a lot of bad guys. And he makes a lot of funny jokes. And after the credits, there's even more funny jokes. So stay through the end credits, because it's worth it. Okay, anyway. Uh, Next up, after Deadpool. And it was really good to do a a positive review after uh, the other one. Um... I did write, I'm going to wrap my uh, review segment up with uh, Anomalisa. And this is one that is uh, playing right now at the Nightlight Cinema in Akron. It's where I work. And this is the latest from Charlie Kaufman. Stop motion movie, 90 minutes long, of a man that is on a business trip, an overnight business trip, for a speaking engagement in the morning. And we follow this man, voiced by... uh, uh, Oh, boy. Let me pull this up here. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, David Thewlis. Uh, so da- there are three voices in this movie, by the way, three voice actors. David Thewlis is the, uh, the, the main voice, and he is, play, his character's name is Michael Stone. We also have Jennifer Jason Leigh is the voice of Lisa Hesselman, and Tom Noonan, the great Tom Noonan. He's the voice of everyone else. And there is so much more to this movie than what you see on the surface. On the surface, this movie is more of a, a, a character study on this lonely man that's going through middle age that is in a bland marriage. They've got a kid, but he's in a bland marriage. He has regrets and he contemplates these regrets over a night in Cincinnati, Ohio. Everybody around him ...is voiced by Tom Noonan... ...and everybody has the same monotone voice... ...and everybody bothers him... ...until he meets Lisa Hesselman... ...in the bar of the hotel... ...and they fall for each other... ...and uh, they have a one night stand... ...and... ...that's when all sorts of weirdness ensues... ...and... ...after a little bit... ...at first it was like, wow, I'm watching a stop motion movie... ...and... Uh, ...it's like, I immediately imagined... ...like, okay, David Thewl voice... ...he is Michael Stone... And, as it went on, I thought of it less and less as a stop motion movie, but as a full on art piece uh, caught on film. I loved it. I love this movie. in fact, I love what I like about it is when the when the credits rolled and I thought about it, I'm like, there's some underlying themes going on here that you that when the credits rolled that you literally kind of put together yourself, or at least I did um, I'm not going to spoil them on my review of the movie because it's so cool to think of it in different layers like with one layer it could be this and in another layer it could actually be meaning this and this is what actually happened and then it also could be this so um i don't want to spoil that i think that you should go out to see it please come up to the nightlight uh, cinema to watch it and i'll serve you a tasty beverage and serve you some popcorn and you'll love the movie Um, Charlie Kaufman isn't, I guess, for everyone, so keep that in mind. I haven't seen all his, all his movies. I believe that Eric has watched most of them. Uh, other than this one here, I'm very, very curious what Eric's thoughts would be on Anomalisa, just because it's... Well, I say it's so different, but I get the thing. You know, Charlie Kaufman's movies are different. Uh, it's darkly funny, yet it's very, very, very heavy and sad. And um, when it's done and I have to choose my words carefully because, again, I don't want to spoil this. When it was done, um, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, it ended, okay. And then, when, like I said, when I started to really think about it, I'm like, wow, okay, that, um, that, was, that could have gone this way, and if that's the way they went, oh, man, ouch. So, anyway, if this is what middle age is like, and I'm fast, fast approaching, or there, uh, to middle age. I'm 41. Uh, that It's a scary thought. Uh, I'm happy with my life. This guy is obviously not happy with his life, but I hope that I am never in that situation. And I don't think I would be. Uh, so powerful. Such a powerful movie. Uh, I cannot recommend this enough. I only gave it 4 out of 5 uh, simply because I need to watch it again to wrap my head around everything that goes on in... First the jet, then the airport, then the taxi, then the hotel, then the hotel bar, then back to the hotel room, then to his conference, then back home. There's so many things going on set to something so simple as a man on an overnight business trip. It's, it's such a simple setup with such heavy, heavy subject matter that is going on. So please watch the movie. It's really, really good. And uh, I wish that there would be more movies made like this, especially in this format, stop-motion. We rarely see, uh, this is an R-rated movie for a reason. It's uncomfortable, but it's cool to see a a stop-motion movie, animated movie that is R-rated like this, that needs to be. This this should not have been cut down to a PG-13 or a PG by any means. This is a heavy R-rated movie, and it should be that. So I am very glad that they went that route. Um, so anyway, there's a couple other movies I could talk about, uh, but you know what? I, I'm going to save those for the next time we have an actual Movie Freaks uh, podcast taping with all of us on. I have recently re-watched Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I will say, um, it does not help watching that directly right after Hannibal Season 3 uh, because I was pretty pissed by the end of Hannibal Season 3 and then I finished up Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, because I broke that up into two nights because it was so bad. Um, I might want to delve into that just a little bit more on Movie Freaks and talk to the other two about that movie and everything that is wrong with that movie. Um, but anyway, that's for another time. There's a couple other horror movies that I'd like to talk about, but I want I want them to chime in on that as well. Uh, I will say this, though. By the time this uh, episode is up... My review for Southbound will be up on uh, on the Movie Freaks podcast Facebook page. So please make sure to check that out. Give it a read. Give it a thumbs up if you're at all interested or if you like it. Um, also, today I posted my re- my official review for Anomalisa on Movie Freaks Facebook, and Friends of the Nightlight, and then uh, Weaver Media Productions Facebook page and cinema Soft Underbelly. Uh, I'm really trying to get some more reviews going on out there and all that good stuff. Um Anyway, that's going to do it for my segment of the show. But I'm going to quick plug a couple things before I uh, I sign off. Please make sure to listen to uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly on iTunes. A New episode would be will be taping probably next week. I'm I'm pretty sure next week. Uh, I might even throw this one on to on to the uh, Soft Underbelly as well, just as a as a filler type deal. Um, and then obviously, Eric will do the whole chiming in on movie freaks, where to find us, all that good stuff. Make sure that you, uh, if you get a chance, stop by uh, the Nightlight Cinema in Akron. I work there. Our co host, Jess Hicks, works there. It's a cool place with cool movies right now. Anomalisa Melissa is playing, and A Boy in the World is playing. And we also are going to be showing, uh, starting Friday, The Witch, which is a great looking uh, horror movie set back in the 1800s, I believe dealing with witchcraft, all that crazy stuff. I can't wait. I'm really excited that we're getting that. So make sure that you stop out for that if you are around. And then also we have a tilt campaign that actually, by the time this is played uh, or up on the internet, it's going to have either tilted or not tilted. But we are trying to uh, bring Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom to the big screen. And so uh, all that information would, well, I, this might even be cut, but this will have tilted or it will not have tilted by the time the episode is released. So hopefully if, if, it, is, if it has been tilted and you are a listener and you contributed, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to seeing you on February 29th uh, at the Nightlight to watch Temple of Doom. If not, hey, thanks anyway, and we'll try for another tilt uh, some other time. So anyway, that's going to do it for my segment of Movie Freaks. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>